The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national breaking and headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress and other high-profile public figures. Today, following the news headlines and Let's Get Blunt, I interview Eva Bahunek, CEO of Croatian National Tourist Board, Los Angeles office. Here are a few news headlines. On Thursday, Juneteenth became the 11th holiday recognized by the federal government. The Senate on June 15th passed the bill to recognize the day, and the House approved the measure the next day. President Biden signed the bill into law the day after that, immediately giving federal employees the day off this year. Juneteenth, an annual holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the U.S., has been celebrated by African Americans since the late 1800s. The holiday received its name by combining June and 19. The day is also sometimes called Juneteenth Independence Day, Freedom Day, or Emancipation Day. More than 100,000 names will be removed from Georgia's voter registration rolls in an attempt to keep the state's voter files up to date, Georgia's Republican Secretary of State announced on Friday. Georgia emerged as a major battleground state this past election and was home to two pivotal races that determined the balance of the U.S. Senate. In March, Georgia Republicans sped up a broad elections bill through the legislature that Governor Kemp signed into law against the objections of the state Democrats and voting rights activists. The law imposes voter ID requirements for absentee ballots, reduces the number of ballot drop boxes in large counties, and shortens the length of runoff elections, among other provisions. California on Friday started offering residents a digital record of their coronavirus vaccinations that they can use to access businesses or events that require proof they got the shots. The state's public health and technology departments said the new tool allows Californians access to their COVID-19 vaccinations record from the state's immunization registry and includes the same information as the paper cards issued by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. To access the information, Californians will enter a state website, their name, date of birth, or email associated with their vaccine records, and they will be asked to create a four-digit PIN. The record will include a QR code that users can save to their mobile phones. Vaccinated people are no longer required to wear masks at most indoor locations, though the unvaccinated still must do so. Businesses can choose whether to operate on an honor system for who must wear face coverings, require everyone to wear them, or use a vaccine verification system. California's county election officials are urging the lieutenant governor not to schedule the expected recall election for Gavin Newsom before the mid-September, any earlier and they cannot guarantee enough paper to print ballots. The election date remains uncertain. While the state has signaled recall has qualified for the ballot, several convoluted steps remain before it is certified to go to voters, among them formally estimating the cost of the election. This is a, and, 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 I, and forgive me because everything's so partisan, I don't 
want to add to it, but let's talk. This recall is a Republican-backed recall. I'm mindful that I have to rebuild trust. I'm mindful that I have to continue uh, to do my job and, and, uh, and address the big vaccine issues, pre-existing issues like homelessness and housing. I take it very seriously. I take none of those on the other side lightly, but the most important thing I do is my job. The latest statistics for COVID-19 in California as of Saturday is that the state has had 3,781,225 confirmed cases. 63,003 have died from the virus. So far, 57.1% of Californians have received at least one dose, which is about 22.4 million people. Among that group, 48.4% are fully vaccinated meaning they have received either both shots of Pfizer or Moderna or the single shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine. California, America's most populous state, has the nation's top case count, home to 12% of the country's population. Thus far, it has accounted for roughly 11% of the cases. In context with the U.S., to date, the United States has recorded 33,478,435 coronavirus cases and 601,115 deaths. In the last week, the country has averaged 9,694 new cases and 316 deaths per day. Americans are now able to visit the European Union again, vaccinated or not. The European Council has updated its list of countries whose citizens and residents should be allowed to travel freely to the bloc's 27 member nations, and the United States is finally on it. While the updated list published Friday is a recommendation on who may be granted entry based on their home country's health situation, each EU government makes its own border decisions. This includes what nationalities to admit, whether to require PCR or rapid antigen coronavirus tests upon arrival, and whether quarantine is mandatory. Let's get blunt. Let's get blunt. Let's get blunt. For today's Let's Get Blunt, I want to talk about how COVID-19 and uh, pandemics and disasters uh, similar to the coronavirus affect the people who are making the least amount of money but doing the most amount of work in our in our society and how they're further victimized by their employers sometimes specifically i want to talk about hospitality workers and the how much they've suffered in this last year plus all over the place. And unfortunately, most of the corporations and businesses that profit uh, handsomely from their work and their this workforce not only haven't helped them the way they should, but uh, some of them have taken advantage of the pandemic and some of the laws passed and some of the easing of the restrictions and such to, quote-unquote, consolidate or you know, revise their plan, and uh, I hate to say it like this, but I'm just quoting people, uh, cut off the fat. Fat, in this case, being most of their staff that make either minimum wage or just above it. And it's happened all over the place, and it's certainly happening in Los Angeles. Last week, I interviewed 
um, representatives from the local uh, hospitality union, which is Unite Here Local 11. And they talked about what their members are going through because of this pandemic and how a lot of the hotels are not really, they're not keeping their promise. Some of them are not even following the law. Now, just to give you a background, in the $900 billion coronavirus relief bill um, that was reached in December, now the hotel industry was never expected to get uh, industry-targeted aid in this relief bill, but roughly $280 billion was flagged to reopen the Paycheck Protection Program uh, for small businesses. In this case, a lot of the hotels qualify for that. You know, this was a top item that hotel trade groups lobbied Congress for months. And so they got the help that they needed. Now, I'll give you a couple of local examples. Now, the Soho House, right, the exclusive membership club uh, controlled by billionaire uh, Ron Burkle, uh, received loans totaling uh, $9 million to $23 million. The exact uh, final number is not clear. By, uh, by applying for seven loans through its New York, Miami Beach, Chicago, and West Hollywood locations. Additionally, Soho House raised $100 million from private investors, including Burkle, that gave the company a valuation of $2 billion, uh, equal to its pre-pandemic valuation. So Soho House <laughs> is well taken care of. Now we go to Chateau Marmont which, um, you know, has been, you know, has, is subject to a boycott currently because uh, Chateau Marmont's owner, André Bellage, uh, fired most of his staff without severance or health insurance. Uh, that's more than 200 employees. That was last March. He announced that he is converting the famous hotel into a private club, a members-only private club. <laughs> which was, you know, obviously met with opposition from not only the Hollywood community, you know, and cam campaigners, you know, who saw this as uh, branding it a cynical ruse or a bogus club. So most people are seeing this as a way for uh, Balage to sort of fire a lot of its staff that have been there for a while and perhaps they've had some raises and such and just hire new workers and pay them a lot less. So we've all been to hotels and stayed at hotels and restaurants and such, and we all know the, the tough work that hotel employees um, have to do. I spoke uh, last week with a woman who, was, uh, who lost her job from the Mondrian West Hollywood, and she was saying that she had to skip lunch and even her 10-minute breaks, and sometimes she wouldn't drink water because she didn't want to have to go to the restroom because every minute counts, and she wanted to make sure that she got her quota met of how many rooms she had to turn on a daily basis. And if she wasn't able to finish her 12 rooms a day, her supervisors would send her back to finish them without pay because she was already clocked out. So why am I telling you this? It's because we all have a role in this, and we all have the power to help them. And I'm not just talking about going to the picket lines and such, but also, you know, we stay at hotels. We, you know, we take flights and we go to restaurants and, and such. And, uh, you know, we have to be mindful of where we're going and what the hotel staff is going through. You know, I, for one, would not go to Chateau Marmont for whatever reason until this whole thing is resolved. But we need to keep talking about it. 
We need to be transparent about it. You can uh, do your own research uh, online. This is all public information. And uh, let's uh, continue to be blunt and uh, hold people accountable. So there you have it. Let's get blunt. The Blunt Post with Vic. Dr. Eva Bahunek has been the CEO of the Croatian National Tourist Board in Los Angeles office since 2019. Dr. Bahunek is the author of Sustainable Hotel and Sustainable Spa Certificates Made in Croatia and lectures around the globe. She's also the founder of the Hotel Web Market and co-founder of the Women Executives Network in Tourism within the Mediterranean Tourism Foundation. In 2019, during the Mediterranean Tourism Forum held in Malta, Dr. Bahunek was awarded with the highest award for promoting Mediterranean tourism in the world. Good morning, Eva. Thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? Yeah, absolutely. I'm grateful to have you. I know it's a super busy time for you right now with uh, COVID sort of on its way out, hopefully. And uh, of course, it's summer and tourist season. Yes, it's, you're absolutely right. Um, we have had a great start. I mean, in 2020, we had a great start uh, regarding COVID. Um, our government, especially the Minister of Health, has issued... Um, exact guidelines for our citizens which all of them gladly obeyed and that was the reason why the number of COVID cases were so uh, was so low um, and also you know with the long tradition of social medicine that was introduced to us but also to the United States and the whole world by the Croat guy called uh, Dr. Andrea Stamper one of the co-founders and the first president of World Health Organization we had Basically, no problem in containing the numbers. So to come back to your question, um, mm -hmm. you know, how are we dealing now? Um, we're a very small nation with a little bit over 4 million people. Um, and what affects one person affects all of us. Therefore, it was, um, I'd say, an imperative we maintain our numbers low. So um, also one of the main industries in Croatia is tourism industry, which 100% depends on health safety, right? So, um, you know... But first and foremost, we wanted to protect our people and save jobs and keep the country moving. And, um, you know, we were uh, amongst very few countries that had an actual tourism season in 2020. In 2020. Um, it was also the only country in the EU that allowed um, American citizens entrance. Yeah. So, you know, um, of course, it was nothing comparable to 2019 when we had 20 million visitors, which is just, you know, mind blowing for a yeah. country of four well, you, people. You pretty much answered the first question I was going to ask you, which, you know, which is that I've, from what I've observed, Croatia was a, was a unique country last year in 2020 amidst COVID-19 that was really able to balance the health and safety of its population and visitors and yet yeah. still be a hub for uh, tourism uh, through this. And, you know, and uh, you just explained how that was achieved, which I think is uh, sort of a good model to look at. Well, because, you know what, because we're so small and because we um, really, you know, have this uh, long tradition of, uh, I would just say, medical safety, I would like to say that, you know, Croatia has one of the best medical systems 
um, in the world. So, you know, and it's for everyone. <laughs> it's accessible for every single person. So I would say the, you know, the measures that uh, the Ministry of Health has done and uh, measures that it has taken and the government, it just, um, it was perfect. And we actually opened for American citizens in uh, it was July 1st, I think, on July 1st in 2020. So, you wow. know, we changed the rules and uh, it was very much possible to, to enter Croatia for American citizens. You know, um, Croatia for, for the savvy travelers or sort of uh, worldly people, it's nothing, you know, Croatia's beauty and all of that is nothing new and it's been there for millennia. Uh, but for for sort of like international traveler psyche, at least the majority of them, you know, some of them see it as this sort of new discovery in the last decade or so, you know, in the Mediterranean. Uh, where where does that perception come from? And uh, what's been done differently in the last, like, let's say 10 years in terms of uh, promoting Croatia as this sort of beautiful Mediterranean haven? Yeah, I I completely agree with you because Croatia has been on the, you know, world travel map for thousands of years. So, you know, when you think about it, the ancient Greeks were planting vineyards in Croatia, you know, like the ancient Romans emper Roman emperors were building their summer palaces on the coast, you know, right. one of which became the beautiful town of Split and the world's longest continuously inhabited place. So, you know, also during Austro-Hungarian Empire, the, the northern part of the Adriatic was a year-round destination for the nobility due to a mild climate that Croatia has. So, but, you know, the I would say the modern tourism uh, just exploded in 1960s and 70s and 80s, you know, because Croatia is a summer um, car destination of Europe, being in the very heart of Europe. Um, but, you know, fast forward, I would say the amazing diversity in cultural heritage, um, great climate, uh, gastronomy that is, I would say, very modestly uh, out of this world. You know, the wine, the cleanliness of the, the sea, the great hotels, um, you know, the content that public and private sector are creating for our citizens and for, of course, travelers, I would say, make it so very much appealing uh, for visitors to come to our country. And also... You know, there's one little thing called the social media. So uh, <laughs> right. in the past, you know, several years, it was it has become so much easier to to promote uh, the beauties of the country. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, I would say, um, you know, the travelers, the travelers who are coming to Croatia, you know, the bloggers and what have you. Um, are so impressed and when they're putting that content on the social media i think that you can actually you know it becomes quite tangible the experience of it yeah absolutely this is the blunt post with vic i am your host vic jurami and you are listening to my interview with dr eva bahunek who is the ceo of the croatian national tourist board los angeles office just so that people are sort of clear in terms of the current situation of traveling to Croatia and such, mm -hmm. uh, is it completely now open? It is. So Croatia is open for American travelers, as it was last year. But right now we have prolonged uh, the uh, PCR testing results. We Up until a couple of days ago, we had it um, within 48 hours. Now we've prolonged it to 72 hours. 
meaning you can take it and within 72 hours you can enter Croatia. And also for um, all vaccinated travelers, uh, the PCR test, of course, is not necessary. Um, what else? What is worth mentioning is that throughout Croatia, there are really um, numerous testing sites where you can get your PCR test before going back to the States. So everything that we could, we've done to make um, all of our citizens and visitors um, you know, as safe as possible. Yeah, and for those who are listening who um, sort of uh, don't know, if for international travelers coming to the U.S. or Americans returning to the U.S. from international travel, you are required to get a COVID-19 test within three days of returning to the U.S. So that's what Eva was referring to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those that are not so familiar with Croatia or maybe a little bit, uh, tell us what they can expect. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, Croatia is in the very heart of Europe geographically, and it is extremely accessible. Um, For example, the fact that it is um, a bit smaller in size than um, your federal state of West Virginia, and that it has nine international airports, tells you how well we're connected with the rest of the world. Also, I would say logistically, um, our highways are new. They're being rebuilt, and they were rebuilt uh, within the past 15 years. So it's a pure joy just to drive across it, um, you know, especially on the coastal highway. Um, But also, you will see and meet very kind people that are extremely proud of their heritage, that will make you feel welcome. Um, you know, we have a amazing geographical diversity. For example, just within an hour and a half from the um, country's capital, Zagreb, which is in the northern part of the country, you can be on the beach, you know, passing beautiful mountains and lakes and rivers on the way. Um, I'd say we are a gastronomical paradise um, because most of our food is being grown organically. And as a country, we are very cautious about what we eat and how we grow our food. Um, and because of this long tradition of food production, all of us are buying local produce and are practicing that, um, you know, from farm to table moto as well as macrobiotic, yeah. Moto. Um, by doing that, we are, yeah, and we're supporting our farmers and agriculture. And our open markets are definitely worth seeing. You know, it's just a feast for all, or all of your senses. But, um, what you will see very soon um, is uh, the, the show that Gordon Ramsay just shot in Croatia last year uh, about gastronomy. So, I mean, I th- you can see that uh, as well. Also, we are a sailing paradise, you know, with more than 1,200 islands, 1,200 islands. Wow. Which make our part of the Adriatic, you know. Um, and you can see that um, I think there is a below deck sailing season just you know showing on uh, on american television that was shot in croatia and split alcatorium then you have thousands and thousands of years of history you know you have 10 unesco sites you have beautiful eight beautiful national parks that are scattered across the country um we are one of the richest countries in the world considering the amount of clean fresh water mm-hmm. um you know perfect medical care so you see being a um, such a small country for us is an imperative to keep it clean um, and uh, sustainable, but most of all safe. Uh, just the other day, you know, speaking of safety, the other day I was reading that just in 2021, 
we had 261 cases of mass shooting and 16 mass killings in the United States. So for me, that is unbelievable. So if we talk about the utmost luxury these days for American travelers, you know, when it comes to well-being, um, it's absolutely safety, which is something we in Croatia are taking as a given. But of course, it is something so compelling to American visitors, you know? Yeah. And also, the it's it's very good for North Americans because of the value of the dollar there, correct? Yeah, yeah, that that is true. It is very affordable, not only in terms of the regular, I would say, you know, like restaurants or shop prices, but also in terms of medical procedures. Uh, for example, I don't know, dentistry, you know, the medical terminal spas, aesthetic surgeries. So that is something definitely to look into because um, the medical know-how and service and I would say post-surgery care are amongst the best in the world. Yeah, I've heard of some people who go to Croatia mm -hmm. to get elective surgeries, such as plastic surgeries or, yeah. uh, you know, something that may cost uh, quite a lot in the U.S., but they do it in Croatia with, you know, super well-trained doctors, but for a lot less. Absolutely. And the, and the staff. And, you know, we have um, in Croatia, we started, I think it was... 10 years ago, something um, between the, you know, the private and public sector, as well as the, you know, hoteliers at the hospitals and the private clinics um, that were all connected together and started doing business in terms of, you know, um, offering the know-how, of course, uh, the medical know-how, but of course, uh, the, um, uh, the pure safety and uh, absolutely, you know, the luxury of the service for the, the, the post-operative patients you know, who were spending the time in, in hotels and uh, in the facilities such as thermal spas facilities, you know. We're very, very experienced in that as a country. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's good to know it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole other, I guess, a, a benefit for people who yeah. want to look into that. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jurami, and you are listening to my interview with Dr. Eva Bahunek, who is the CEO of the Croatian National Tourist Board, Los Angeles office. So in terms of initiatives for North American or just American travelers, are there any special initiatives or you know, programs that you're doing to attract American travelers? No, oh, for sure. I mean, this year, out of all years, we were able to introduce two direct flights uh, from the U.S. to Croatia. So we have one uh, with United Airlines uh, that starts in July, beginning mm -hmm. of July, from Newark to Dubrovnik. Right. Uh, then Delta followed with the flight from JFK to Dubrovnik. And now we're expecting the third flight uh, to be confirmed from L.A., something that interests us here uh, on the West Coast, uh, which will, you know, which will be direct flight from L.A. to Dubrovnik as well. From L.A.? So, yeah. Wow, that's yeah, a big deal. I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Um, and also, you know, the, the Ministry of Tourism, especially the, the minister, uh, Dr. Bernard, she initiated, um, and we were actually the first country in Europe that uh, initiated the vaccination for all of the people working within the tourism uh, industry, you know, making it also, you know, making um, another and additional effort of, uh, you know, 
making people safe in Croatia. You know, the travelers uh, that are coming, our guests and tourists. So uh, more than 70,000 people working within uh, tourist industry are getting vaccinated as we speak. So that is that is great. I think one of the initiatives that they did um, that should absolutely be applauded to. And also there's the... Um, you know, the PR project that we had, uh, we've started in February, which was called Safe Stay in Croatia, where actually on, uh, you know, certain websites you can find on Croatia.hr, you can find every single information you would ever need uh, for going to Croatia uh, and, you know, have a safe stay. What are, just give us like three highlights of three places that one cannot miss if you go to Croatia. I mean, are you for real? Uh, I know, I know. It's just a really, three. really tough question. How <laughs> <But laughs> does one do that? Well, you know, obviously Zagreb being the capital uh, of Croatia, um, it's, um, it's a very favorite, uh, I would say one of the favorite uh, places that Americans go to because they usually fly in Zagreb uh, or to Dubrovnik and that they... You know, or vice versa, and that they do the the travel tours from south to the north or north to the south. Um, Zagreb, you know, being the capital, it has um, the most beautiful Christmas market, and it has been voted as the best Christmas market of Europe for years now. It has the World Ski Cup, you know, on the mountain, twenty minutes away from the city center. Um, Split, of course, with, you know, it, it just explodes during the summer with all the music festivals, I don't know, such as Ultra Europe Music Festival. Then, of course, Dubrovnik being the pearl of the Adriatic, as they call it, um, you know, the islands of Hvar, the islands of Brač, uh, the island of Vis, which has a uh, quite a history, you know, with Americans and the Brits during the World War II. Of course, the Plitvica Lakes National Park that are always, you know, amongst the hundred, the most beautiful places, you know, hundred national parks, the most beautiful national parks in the world, etc., etc. Then Kornati Islands National Parks, I don't know, Briuni National Parks, Rovin, the whole Istria, you know, the homeland of truffles and the olive oil. So plan to be there for like a month at least. <laughs> At least, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I've not been, but I can. I can tell from everything I've seen and watched that it's. Uh, it has a wealth of culture and uh, places to go, uh, mm -hmm. which brings me to the fact that there is a part of Croatia that's popular with uh, the ever popular LGBTQ tourists, mm -hmm. who, are, who are kind of discriminating in terms of where they're going to go. Because, you know, we want to be safe in whatever country or city we travel to. But, of course, it's a, it's a sort of a segment of the population that a lot of tourist boards are looking for. So I know that Croatia has, has, um, has different parts of it that have been popular with uh, uh, queer tourism. Yeah, but you know what? First and foremost, I have to say that Croatia is safe for everyone. You know, it's not like you will you will experience um, anything bad. You know, uh, being straight or you know a part of LGBTQ community. You know, it's it's just a given. But uh, like you mentioned, of course, there are certain parts of Croatia that um, 
are maybe aesthetically more appealing to LGBTQ community, you know. Uh, so um, the town of Rovin in Istria is very popular among um, the LGBTQ community. Um, the town of Dubrovnik, the islands, you know, uh, split as well. I mean, Zagreb as well. I don't know, I just yeah. cannot... Um, I don't know. I just cannot mm. say just one one part, but definitely Robin and Dubrovnik. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe I should have sort of qualified when I uh, used the word safe, because um, you know I think sometimes when it comes down to it, it's not so black and white for queer travelers. A lot of mm -hmm. places could be safe, but it doesn't mean that you are welcome uh, or that you feel comfortable. There are nations you go to where, you know, you'll be you know you'll be to a degree you'll be safe if you're let's say a gay traveler but you may get the looks the uncomfortable treatment and things like that so that also plays a role um no i uh, yeah. think i understood the first you know the first yeah. time you asked me the question i completely understood it and you know i will definitely not change my answer because really yeah. you know in croatia everyone is welcome yeah. and uh, yeah well i know that that's why i was asking you yeah. <laughs> i just wanted you to talk about those those spots for those yeah. you know listeners who who may be lgbtq mm -hmm. you know yes yeah. so definitely rovin the the yeah. city of rovin in Istria and uh, the city of Dubrovnik. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Dubai mm -hmm. or Singapore are mm -hmm. super safe nations, right? I mean, extremely safe uh, for everyone. <laughs> but uh, you can imagine if a gay couple goes to vacation there, how comfortable are they going to be? Can they hold nothing? It? Com nothing. Right. You can right. absolutely not even begin to compare. Right. To so that's why European country of Croatia. Right. Because so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean that's you know what I mean. So it's like there's a difference. Mm -hmm. There's there's safe and then there's of course, safe of to course. be who you are. Mm -hmm. um, totally different things, and those kinds of things are appreciated by the gay community. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's why they travel to Croatia. So yeah. So Eva, let us know how people can get more information on Croatia, uh, like websites, social media, and such. Mm -hmm. So on Croatia.hr, you can find really every single answer to all of your questions regarding how uh, to get to Croatia, what to do there, um, regarding accommodation, um, you know, the content uh, that is being offered uh, for you guys as tourists. Um, also, there is one form that I would strongly suggest everybody going to Croatia um, uh, to fill out and submit it. It's uh, Enter Croatia. So it actually enables you easier access to Croatia without waiting on the customs or what have you. So um, entercroatia.mup.hr is the webpage where you can find this um, form and you can fill it out and submit it and you will get the automatic um, reply immediately and also you know on instagram you can uh, you can follow us on croatia full of life um where you you know daily can find numerous numerous informations on uh on croatia fantastic course, i mean you can always reach me at uh, la.office at visit-croatia.org super so that was croatia.hr uh, and mm -hmm. uh, Eva thank you very much for being on the Blunt Post with Vic and uh, have a great and wonderful 
tourist season in Croatia. Thank you so much. Until Thank we, you very much for inviting me. My pleasure. Until we chat again. That was Dr. Eva Bahunek, who is the CEO of the Croatian National Tourist Board, Los Angeles office, uh, with a wealth of information for us, not just about Croatia, but uh, travel, especially European travel. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Bahunek, for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. I'm going to share three tweets uh, with you today. Uh, they're all about the Turkish president, Erdogan. The first one is from Yusuf Omer, who said, It is certain that Biden and Erdogan will have a contentious conversation. Alongside U.S. concerns about Turkey's aggressive behavior in the region, Biden should highlight Erdogan's poor human rights record at home. The next one is from David Beckett, who said, The leaders of Azerbaijan and Turkey continue to leak evidence that they are committing war crimes systemizing state hatred of Armenians and have no intentions of peace. The third one is from uh, Emma Sinclair Webb from ABC News. She said, Human rights groups say that they have evidence that Turkish spies are abducting political opponents of President Erdogan. Before we go, I want to thank my extremely talented producer, Ricky Herrera. And, uh, of course, thank you for joining me for another episode of The Blunt Post with Vic. Please tune in next Monday at 7 a.m. for another episode. For more information, you can visit thebluntpostwithvic.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami. Uh, both Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at Vic Jarami. That's V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. The Blunt Post with Vic.